This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney. Our guest is Chaplain Evelyn Lopez from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, working at several local jails, right? No, just the Falkenberg Jail. That's the only one? Mm-hmm. Okay. You began as a volunteer, right? Correct. But God had other plans for you, apparently? Correct. How much did you want to fight him and just say, nope, pick somebody else? To be honest with you, I was in the belly of the whale for about two weeks, giving God all the excuses of why I was not the person to go into jail. As a full-timer, you mean? No, as a volunteer. Oh, even as a volunteer, As a volunteer, no. When I received the calling, you know, to minister, I thought I was going to be a missionary. I was prepared for that, being bilingual, being Hispanic. I was already planning, okay, I'm going to go to Ecuador. I'm going to go to Latin America. And I was in Houston, Texas at the time, and the Lord sent me back to Florida. Came over here in 2000, started going to a couple churches to see where the Lord wanted me. And finally, after six months, the church that I'm at, I'm a minister with the Assembly of God, and my church is in Brandon. I was there one Sunday, and that's when the Lord confirmed to me that that was the church that he wanted. And then, as soon as the pastor senior finished the sermon, which he has gone home with the Lord, he started talking about how they needed volunteers for a ministry. I kind of perked up a little bit. But when he said the jail... Yeah, no thanks. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. And uh, the Holy Spirit says, and that's the ministry that I want you in. So... After being in the belly of the whale, like Jonah, giving God, saying, I don't think so, Uh, you picked the wrong person, I finally humbled myself. Like the Word of God says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and ways for you. Finally, I said, okay, Lord, I, I humble myself and I will go. It was amazing. I was a volunteer for six years. Never expecting to work for the jail? Never expecting to work. Um, Actually, I was very happy being a volunteer. By that time in those six years, I went back to school, went to Christian Life University, of course, to learn the Word of God, because you can't give what you don't have to get my degree, not just for the piece of paper, but to learn. I was very happy being a volunteer. It was actually the sheriff's office that approached me. And how did that go? Uh, I said no. (laughs) Really? And how long did that no last? They were after me close to, I would say, about six or seven months. I told them that I was very happy being a volunteer. Finally, I said, okay, Lord. I started praying about it, and I said, all right, Lord. If this is where you want me, then this is where I'll go. So I, again, humbled myself. It's been extraordinary. I just completed my, with my six years as a volunteer, completed, and the chaplaincy. It's been 23 years that I've been there. Wow. For the glory and honor of God. Way to put up a fight. Hey, (laughs) my son always says that I'm the only person that loves going to jail. Yeah, no kidding. You clearly have been studying the faith for a long time now. Yes. How old were you when you first realized, like, Jesus Christ is real and he saved me and everything else? I mean, do you know what age you were? I was raised in the church, but like so many, when you become a teenager and a young adult, you kind of do your own thing. So for a long, long time, I was really running away from the Lord, doing my own thing. And it wasn't until 1998 where I had an encounter Mm. uh, with our Lord Jesus Christ. What was that like? 
it was amazing, you know, my testimony. And, you know, I give my testimony out at the jail all the time, especially when I'm sitting in front of one that doesn't know me. And sometimes they have a tendency of thinking, you really don't, you're a minister, you're not going to understand. And my testimony when I speak to the residents, I let them know that I've been in their situation. And I give them my testimony, and I always tell them my testimony, I can tell you in less than a minute. I was abused when I was a child. I became an alcoholic. I went through years of depression, wound up in a psych ward, and was suicidal. But God. In uh, 1998, I humbled myself to the Lord and realized that my way wasn't working. It was time. And that's when the Lord just, wow. Freed you. Completely. Mm. Um, He healed me from everything, from alcoholism, from depression, from the anger, the hatred, the unforgiveness that I had. Mm. That damaged me, and it also damaged my family throughout those years. But God, (laughs) but Mm. God. You know, I heard a pastor once say, one day your misery is going to be your ministry. And that's exactly what the Lord did with me. Everything that I went through brought me to the jail and able to sit down with so many people, females as well as males, as well as my juveniles, let them know my story and my testimony. And if God did that with me, he can do it for them. And that's how people in ministry, you suffer in ministry and you suffer prior to ministry as well. But Mm. I really truly believe, as you're saying, that that is so that you can bring healing to the people you're going to be ministering to. Correct. Correct. I believed after I went through everything, hearing that pastor say that one day your misery is going to be your ministry, I realized that everything that I went through, like the Word of God says that all things work for good. Things that happen to us, God will turn things around, not only for me, but the experience that I had. I lost a child. So many of those things that now I can sit with them and say, look, I understand. I've been there. Mm. But again, but God, he loves us. He's never going to let us go. I was reflecting on uh, scripture just today, earlier today, and it was, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Light, exactly. But I read that when you look at the word easy from the Greek, a better translation might be, for my yoke is well-fitting and my burden is light. And basically what that was saying is work is involved. God is going to bring you through struggles and everything else, but he will get you through it, and it's well-fitting for you. And then what do you do with it from there? Correct. So good on you. Correct. Jails can be tough places, though, obviously. What was the first time that you actually walked in? And, man, those I don't even know if it, they have, like, the bars in there. Do they slam shut? Well, they have doors, the doors now. Those bars are gone. I've seen too many movies. Many, many years ago, the other jail that they had in in Hillsborough County, they had those bars. But then Orient Jail and then Falkenberg Jail, now it's the doors and those heavy-duty doors. Coming in, when I finally humbled myself to the Lord and said, I'll go, I did tell the Lord, I said, but under two conditions. Very cocky of me to tell the Lord, (laughs) I'll go under two conditions. But those two conditions were really important to me. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know my attitude. My attitude, like many others, you do the crime, you do the time. Mm -hmm. That was my attitude. 
And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, all right, I'm going to go under two conditions. Number one, you give me your eyes Mm. to see them because my eyes can be very judgmental and very critical. And number two, go with me because I ain't going by myself. (laughs) It's a little scary. It was. It was. It was scary. And but it was amazing. It from the very first moment I, I set foot there, I felt so comfortable. I wasn't scared, you know, if anybody was going to do anything. Absolutely nothing. So you weren't shaking or anything? Nothing. Nothing. As soon as they opened up that door, I was like, wow. And the peace of God just came over me. And I was fine. That's why I love being a volunteer for six years. I wasn't looking for a position. I was doing what God had called me to do. Many conversations I had with the Lord because I really didn't understand why he was sending me to a jail because I thought I was going to be a missionary. But God one day said to me, you are a missionary in your community. And I'm like, wow, Lord, you're absolutely right, because they need that. Do you have any nicknames from either the staff at the jail or from the inmates themselves? What kind of nicknames? Well, I can imagine, again, I've seen a lot of jail movies. Yeah. So a lot of foul language going on. And I could see, you know, maybe you got a bad nickname that you might not want to share on the air here. (laughs) Well, the only nickname, I have a nickname that a lot of them call me at the jail. Okay. And they call me the Energizing Bunny. Why? (laughs) Because I'm all over the place. So many of them, many deputies have said to me, you know, where do you get this? What are you on? (laughs) (laughs) Should we lock you up for it? (laughs) I'm all over the place. And of course, they look at my maturity. I said, you want to know what I'm on? I'm on the Lord Jesus Christ. Good for you. And when you are on the Lord, you get a high that you'll never crash. Some of them call me little energizing little bunny. Many of them have even asked me, you know, when am I going to retire? I'm not retiring. My kids can have my retirement. God called me. And when God calls, he equips. And this is an assignment. And I want to finish this assignment like Joshua said. And like Paul said, I want to finish the race. And Joshua said, as for me and my House, we will serve the Lord. FRJ, Falkenberg Jail, is my home. And we have a lot of work to do to reach the lost. Because God doesn't want anyone lost. How would you say the spiritual health in general is for those who are locked up? You'd be surprised. The majority, and I don't call them inmates. Okay. uh, I call them residents. Residents? Yes. You'd be surprised the majority of the residents at one time were believers. The majority of them were raised in church or grandmom took them to church. And then they just unfortunately went into the world like myself at one time. Well, that's like all of us though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we have a decision and I know in my own battles, it's when I'm concerned of earthly things, that's when I go astray. Exactly. The generation that's all about me, Mm. when they come into the facility, it's a wake up call. So many of them think, okay, you know, God is punishing me. And I always tell them, God didn't put you here, your choices and your decisions. However, God did permit it, but he permitted it to save you, not to punish you, because God doesn't want anyone lost. And so many seeds in their life have been planted by family members, by the church, by pastors. And then they come in there. And then, of course, it's a reality check. It's a wake-up call. I am in jail. And then what do they do? Like so many people say, they start looking for God. And what they find is that God is there. We have 
so many services, so many Bible studies, so many different programs that they can go and, and receive the Word of God. Like the Word of God said, Paul said, I'm the planter, Apollo is the waterer, and God increases. And us ministers, as we minister into the jail, all the chaplains, in many instances we're planting, but in other instances we're watering that seed that has already been planted. We're talking with Chaplain Evelyn Lopez from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. You're a Christian, clearly. You have to minister, though, to other faith denominations. So how does that work? And how do you minister to somebody, say, with a Jewish background or a Muslim background? You know, that's a really good question. One of the things that when I did my studies to be a chaplain, we had to learn about all the different religions, okay, the Muslims and and everything else. It wasn't an easy thing. I, I learned everything. But anytime I would go, everyone knows who I am. Everyone, even the residents and everything else, they know who I am. And yes, I've, I've sat with Muslims and Hindus, and I've sat with so many different people that have different faiths. But when I walk in and I tell them that God loves them, all of a sudden the religious kind of strays away. It, just, it doesn't even come into effect. They start talking about what they're going through, what their needs are. And after I minister to them, which I minister to them with the Word of God, I always have my Bible, and I minister whatever the Word that God gives me is the Word that I give them, words of love, words of encouragement. Then after I finish ministering with them, I always pray. And I remember this one instance. He was a Muslim. Actually, I had to give him a death notification because that's part of our responsibilities. When a death in the family, we are the ones that go and tell them. It's not an easy part of our responsibilities to do that. But there I was to him, letting him know that a family member had passed away. Was it expected? Unexpected. Mm. Yeah. So I sat with him and just ministered with him. You know, the grief that he was, when they lose someone in the facility, they're in the facility, a lot of guilt comes, a lot of the could'ves or the would'ves or the should'ves. That's how the enemy works, to give them guilt, to bring them down. And he was going through all of that. So after I finished ministering with him, I told him that if he ever needed me to speak with him, that I would be there for him. And I said to him, I said, may I pray for you? I knew he was a Muslim. He also knew that I am a Christian. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. But please understand, I will pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He hesitated just for a few minutes. And then he said to me, okay, Chapman. And I prayed. And then I left. That is how I handle it. Because I cannot compromise my beliefs, my faith, my Lord, my Father God. I won't for no one. But I've never had any situations where they say no to me. Yeah, you're not trying to convert them and you're not being disrespectful of their own faith. Correct. You're just inviting them to share a glimpse of your own. Yes. A couple weeks later, I saw him in the facility. I went up to him and I said, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing better, chaplain. And then he said to me, thank you for your prayer. And it made my day. Mm. You know, it just made my day. How does that work in a case like that? I guess it probably depends on what he's in for. Is he allowed to attend a funeral? It just depends. 
everything depends on their charges and things like that. But some have been able to attend, but it just depends if the family is willing to the expense and everything else because, you know, he's still, they're still incarcerated. The expense of bringing guards out of the jail. Correct. Would, that would pass to the family. Correct. Yeah. But again, it's up to the sheriff's office. I never get involved. Whenever somebody asks me that, I always say, okay, you need to call and they will let you know whether it can be done or not. Different religions also have different diets. And do you as a chaplain get involved in those changes of diets and whatnot? Yeah. First of all, our facility is a pork-free environment, pork-free facility. Which that helps? Tremendously. I mean, that covers everyone, really, all types of faith. If someone is Jewish and they fill out the paperwork, giving us the information of their synagogue and everything else, we investigate and then they get the kosher diet. So we have the regular diet, we have the kosher and we have the vegetarian. So it really covers everybody. We don't have any problems whatsoever. Clearly, you build relationships, spiritual relationships with residents. Mm -hmm. Do you ever keep in touch with them after they're released? Being there for 23 years, when you have a, a resident that continues to come into the facility <laughs> numerous times, you do build that relationship. But with all the services and the churches that we have, I'm also responsible for the volunteers. I'm responsible for bringing in more services, more programs. So I work with all the churches. You do develop a, a relationship with them. They may be homeless. They may not have a place to go. I give them the resources. If they don't have a place to go, I work with a lot of different ministries in the Tampa Bay area. I work with the Catholic Diocese, all the different programs out there, all the different things that are out there. I do my best to help them so when they walk out, they have a place to go, a residential, a transitional housing. Are there any that end up on the streets? Unfortunately, yes. And many times I see them in the street. <laughs> Being at the sheriff's office for 23 years, you know, people know me. I had this one person that I saw and I'm like, but you know what? God's not going to give up on you. You know, I give Sheriff Chronister, he's been incredible because he has brought into the facility a mentality of rehabilitation. That has come for all of us, not only the chaplains, but also for the whole, the whole environment, the deputies and everything else. He has spent a lot of money. He built a vocational building and he wants them to leave with something so they don't have to come, they don't come back. And we have mechanics, we have welding, we have forklift, we have hair braiding, we have all those things. I always give the example of the sheriff's office being the Good Samaritan, that we extend our hand and say, let me help you. Stand up. Stand up. And they do. And that is not only for the vocational, but also the spiritual. We have all these services. They know that people do care about them, that we're not just there, you know, okay, kiddo, you did the crime, now do the time. That's not our mentality. No, we're not supposed to abandon. And we don't. And that is all of us. At the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, that is what our mentality is. And I can tell you firsthand, because I do all the invocations for the events, the graduations of new deputies, promotions, 
but I also do the graduation for the vocational. And here they are, the residents, and they are so proud. And we have a sheriff that goes to all those graduations and stands up and says, we're proud of you. Good for him. And they walk out with their certificate, their graduation, their completion. The community is embracing our returned citizens, giving them, yeah, we'll give you a job. And they're walking out with dignity. And with the grace of God, they can leave the past in the past. That is our mentality. And I'm very proud of Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. I'm very proud that we have a sheriff that really does care about the people. How does it work with employees? Do you ever get into ministering to employees? Do you ever have to visit employees when they're in the hospital? Yes, I do. In fact, I'm on the peer support group. And the peer support group is a team of civilians, volunteer chaplains, employees like myself, law enforcement. And this is a team that we call the peer support group, which means that when someone is in trouble or needs to speak, They can call this particular line at the sheriff's office, the peer support coordinator. He will assign, call me or call whoever it is. Listen, so-and-so is having a situation, give them a call. We're there for funerals. We're there when they lose a loved one. We go to the hospital. And not only do I go to the hospital for the employees, I also go to the hospital for the residents. Are you in uniform? No, but they are, of course. I'm a chaplain, so... I'm dressed like a minister, and uh, I have my badge, so I'm able to go anywhere in any hospital, ICU or whatever it is that I need to go to, also to the homes for families, and then we're there to give them and guide them spiritual counseling and give them the resources because we do have peer support that they can call our coordinator, which is the employee assessment program. And there is where they can receive outside services and health. We never let go. We're a family. And we support each other. And we're there for each other 24-7. That's a family member. We don't let go of our family. We have just a couple minutes left. The one thing I do want to say is that we serve a healing God. We're instruments in his hands. And our responsibility is not to guide them to me or to guide to anyone, but to guide them to God, because he is the one that is our healer, like his word says in First uh, Peter 2nd, verse 24, where he says, by his stripes we were healed. And that is what our responsibility is, because we can be there for them, and we are there for them, but God, he's the one that we have to guide them to. He is our healer. He is the great physician. And he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Great I am. The great I am. You mentioned that when you sit down with a resident, you always say, God loves you. Absolutely. That is the first thing I say when I sit down with them. They don't know me. It's the first time that I'm meeting them. So I'll come in. They put a request in. I'll sit down. They come in. I'm Chaplain Lopez, and they tell me their name. And I said, you put a request for me to see you. How can I help you? But I want to say one thing. God loves you. How many at that point break down? You know, if I was to put a percentage, I would say 99.5. It's like all of a sudden, and I'm talking about everyone, females, males, even my juveniles. (laughs) 
They do. Because they don't know what to expect. Remember, they're in a jail. They're being judged. They're being criticized. They're being looked down to. So, of course, they have that wall of when they come in. But, you know, as soon as you just say to them, God loves you, it just, all of a sudden, that wall just comes down like the wall of Jericho. How many of the people hearing that statement don't feel like God loves them? About 90%. They all feel like God doesn't care. God doesn't exist. That's why I'm here. You know, if God loved me, I wouldn't be here. And then I have to clarify it and say, you know, you need to take accountability for your choices and your decisions. God is a gentleman. He is never going to force himself on anyone whatsoever. He loves you. You go to him and he'll be right there for you. But they feel they've been through so much, you know, so many have been traumatized. When you sit with every single person, they all have a story. They've been abused. So many things. They've been traumatized. So, of course, they're going to have that attitude. If God existed, this would not have happened to me. I had that attitude, too. There's so many that do. But when you sit with them and when you tell them God does love you, and then when I share my testimony, the walls come down. And if he did that for me, he can do that for you. I wonder how many of the residents have had someone share a story like yours with them ever in their life. Because I'm, I'm responsible for the volunteer program, every servant of God that is going to come in and do a program, a service, I always tell them, share your testimony because your testimonies will impact them and it will bring that wall down to where they will listen to you because they know, wait a minute, she's been through all of that and look where you are now? Yeah, but God. And it just brings all those barriers down and, and I can't tell you how many times God gives me the word. Everyone is different. I don't go in with a sheet of paper and saying, I'm going to say this scripture. On my way to see this resident, I'm praying and I'm asking God, God, you're the only one that knows what they go through, what they're going through. Give me the words of encouragement. Give me the words that they need to hear so they will know that you are God. And every time at the end, I pray for them and they go, chap, what you just said to me, I was reading it this morning. What you just said to me, this person told me. And I said, when we don't listen to God, God loves us so much that today he sent a cute little senior citizen to give you a confirmation on what God has already said to you. And that brings a little smile. I always want to leave him with a smile or leave him with a little laughter. But more importantly, I want to leave him with the peace of God. And that is in Philippians 4. For the God of peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Receive the peace and God will carry you through. Our guest today has been Chaplain Evelyn Lopez from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it. Mm-hmm.